Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Wednesday, the 13th day of April, 2022. And I want you to imagine for just a moment. First of all, this program contains language which might be considered offensive and might not be suitable for young children or snowflakes. I give you this advanced warning because some of what I'm about to say is a direct quote from a famous individual. And it contains coarse language. Imagine for a moment, if you will, if a white, Caucasian, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, conservative man took to the airwaves and said the following. I had a perfect, a perfect example of what a man was in my life by my father. My parents have been together 36, 37 years now, and it's a beautiful thing. I grew up in a three-parent household, my mom, my father, and my grandmother, and I knew what a woman was, not a bad bitch, a woman. This man then continues explaining what he interprets to be the difference between a bad bitch and a woman. He says, quote, a bad bitch is a person who is just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I look the part, but I don't act that part. And there's a lot of women who are bad bitches. And I say bitches in a way not to degrade women, but just to go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a boss chick. And then this fine upstanding American citizen went on to say that, quote, a woman for me is someone who handles her own, but knows how to cater to a man's needs, unquote. From there he continued. And I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of, I'm a boss bitch, I'm a this, I'm a that, no baby, but you can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. And while this individual said he didn't want to sit behind the mic and criticize women, he does want men to start being men. What do you think of that coming from a Christian, Caucasian, heterosexual male, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, man's man? I guess you'd be going crazy, right? You'd be demanding that this person be counseled or fired or canceled, done away with. But that's not the case. The person who made these asinine comments was an African-American male, none other than former quarterback Cam Newton. WGHP reports Cam Newton is raising some eyebrows after an appearance on a podcast. In fact, in the Sunday episode of the Barstool Sports Million Dollars Worth a Game podcast, the football player talked about what he perceives as the role of women in society. And that's when he went on to say, I had a perfect, perfect example of what a man was in my life by my father. My parents have been together for 36, 37 years now. And it's a beautiful thing. I grew up in a three-parent household. My mom, my father, my grandmother. And I knew what a woman was. Not a bad bitch. A woman. And he continued explaining what he interprets the difference between a bad bitch and a woman is. A bad bitch is a person who is just, you know, girl, I'm a bad bitch. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I look the part, but I don't act that part. And there's a lot of women who are bad bitches. And I say bitches in a way not to degrade a woman, but just to go off the aesthetic of what they deem is a boss chick. Newton went on to say that a woman for me is someone who handles her own, but knows how to cater to a man's needs. From there he continued, and I think a lot of times when you get that aesthetic of I'm a boss bitch, I'm a this, I'm a that, no baby, you can't cook. You don't know when to be quiet. You don't know how to allow a man to lead. And he wants men to start being men. Well, he ain't much of a man there trying to own women 
Hey, Cam Newton, didn't you know slavery was abolished in 1863? Who the hell are you to tell a woman how to act when you yourself haven't bought one ounce of act right? Are you a minority individual living in a majority white neighborhood, city, or town? Do you feel like the other people don't respect you because of the color of your skin? Maybe it's not the color at all. Perhaps you are suffering from culture rejection. Are you a black person living in a white neighborhood but feel like you just don't ever fit in? Perhaps it's those late night parties with all the drugs, the gunplay, and that thumping bass music that is irritating your white neighbors. Are you a Hispanic and feel like an outsider in your lily white neighborhood? Perhaps it's those 75 person quinceanera parties and them all night Friday fiestas with the mariachi music that have your neighbors saying, no way Jose. What you need is act right. Yes, if you get some act right in your routine, then you can fit into the American experience, just like any good melting pot society might expect. With act right, common sense will kick in, and you will learn to fit into any social situation on your block, in your neighborhood, your town, or your city. Papi, see me, daughter. Perhaps you should take a dose of act right now before you invite all of those drunken construction guys over here this weekend. You know how all that loud mariachi music irritates most of the people in the cul-de-sac? See me, daughter. Act right it is. Oh, Papa, I'm so proud of you. Act right has turned our weekend into an inclusive multi-family gathering that even Republicans can be associated with. Why, yes, my daughter. Act right has certainly made a difference in my outlook on life. I feel like that I am finally part of the American dream instead of some foreigner looking in from the outside. Thank you for telling me about Act Right. Yes, you can take the man out of the hood, and you can take the hood out of the man with Act Right. Yo, Gerald, you plan on partying all night long on Friday again? You gonna have a DJ out there with that thumping bass music and all your homies over there drinking and shooting? You know it's gonna piss off your white neighbors again. Yeah, bro, that's my plan. You might want to take some of this new supplement called Act Right. It might make us fit in better in society instead of being always on the outside, you heard? Wow, Martin, that Act Right has certainly made a difference in my outlook towards my neighbors upon society as a whole. Act Right has made me understand that we all need to respect one another's property and privacy and the sanctity of our shared space in the community at large. Thanks for providing this wonderful product to me. It truly has made me feel like I'm part of the American dream. Are you a minority sitting on the outskirts of the American dream? Is your lifestyle and questionable behavior contrary to an orderly and peaceful society? Have you felt like an outcast or a substandard member of the American culture? If you answer with yes to any of these questions, then Agrite may just be what you need. Call 1-800-AGRITE right now for a free sample. Simply pay the shipping and handling fee, and be sure to ask your operator about doubling the order for an additional shipping charge. Act right now to get your Agrite Express delivered to your dough and learn how to act right today. Act right might help you act right. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any disease. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA or BLM. Individual results may vary. I have said for many, many months now, as a person who lives near the crap hole that is New Orleans, Louisiana, don't come to New Orleans. It is a crime-ridden hellhole, a pothole-filled disaster, an infrastructure nightmare, a minority-run, minority-overrun hellhole. Six killed over the weekend. Six in one weekend. A total of 18 people shot in a bloody New Orleans weekend as authorities continue to investigate one of the bloodiest weekends in recent memory. That's what they say. But I seem to remember every single weekend. There are multiple shootings, stabbings, carjackings, robberies, rapes, assaults, drug deals gone bad, overdoses, general disregard for the laws of the city of New Orleans the state of Louisiana, and indeed the United States of America. In a 72-hour period that began 7 a.m. Friday and ended at 7 a.m. Monday of this week, 18 people had been shot. Six died. A 14-year-old was amongst the wounded. 
And guess what? As of late Monday, police had not announced a single solitary arrest, nor had they placed any information on the television or the radio describing the alleged shooters. Now, this comes after last week when the city of New Orleans decided they're no longer going to put descriptions, photographs, mugshots of anyone who's arrested on television or anyone that is suspected of committing a crime because it might adversely affect the alleged perpetrator of a crime. It might hurt their chances of getting a fair trial. Hey, homies, don't commit the crime and you won't have to worry about a trial. Now, you probably don't know who Terrence Curran or his wife Barbara are. I don't know who they are. I do know that they have obviously never listened to a single solitary episode of the Truth Hurts program, or they've listened and chosen to ignore my warnings. Planning a retirement trip around the country, Terrence and Barbara Curran said they couldn't leave New Orleans off their itinerary. They scheduled a riverboat cruise from Memphis down to New Orleans, Terrence told the media. They met family in the area. They rented an Airbnb in the Seventh Ward. Coming from Los Angeles, they say they knew they were to be aware of their surroundings. Barbara said, we're kind of mentally prepared to just always be on alert. They come from LA, Los Angeles, and they came to visit LA, Louisiana. I guess sooner or later they'll visit the other LA, Lower Alabama. They thought they returned safely after a day of adventures in the city until they were putting their two and three-year-old grandkids to bed on Sunday night, April 10th. They said there had to be at least 20 shots fired. The Currens called 911. They called the police, who they say responded to a shooting in the 1600 block of North Claiborne Avenue in the hood. A woman was injured, they say. There mustn't be a really good shot if these individual thugs fired 20 shots and the woman was only injured. Ms. Curran says, As soon as I kind of realized that, I hit the ground. I told my daughter to hit the ground. He also said hit the ground. I was just praying that no bullets came into the house. You know, I know we're not under attack, but you always hear about people who are just sitting, you know? The kids get killed sitting in the house or something? I would never bring kids here again. The report goes on to say that the family is rattled but okay. And data collected by the Metropolitan Crime Commission in New Orleans, a police watchdog group, a crime watchdog agency, they say shootings are up 8% over last year, but they're up 61% over 2020. You know, when Donald Trump was still the president, there were 61% fewer shootings in the city of New Orleans. The vice chairperson of the French Quarter Management District says these repeated shootings are a bad look for the city. You think? You think? Why don't we just advertise, come to New Orleans and get shot? That should be the new marketing ploy. Have you gone through life and never gotten a bullet in you? Come to New Orleans. We can almost guarantee that on any weekend, you have a better chance of getting shot than virtually anywhere else in America. Come on, man. Metropolitan Crime Bulletin, 411-22. Some trouble out in the 4th District this weekend. Four murders in Algiers, five in the month of April so far. Year to date, we are not even into the end of the fourth month of this year. 77 murders, 132 shootings, 114 armed carjackings, 146 armed robberies. Since Friday, 20 individual shootings have rang out in New Orleans. Six people dead, five have been identified. 
And fortunately for the Currens, they weren't victims directly, but they will never bring kids back to New Orleans. And I would venture to say they themselves will never return to the city that forgot to care. I know, the name and the motto of the city is the city that care forgot. But it really is, under the La Toilette Cantrell administration, with the mush-mouth, marble-mouthed police superintendent Sean Ferguson, who you can barely understand without an, an interpreter and closed captioning on the bottom of the screen. With those folks in charge, it's just like Biden being in charge of the United States of America. It's a joke, and it's getting worse. Hey, speaking of the White House, according to The Hill, Alex Gangitano writes, White House slams Governor Abbott for delays at the southern border. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm going to read this. Hang on. The White House on Wednesday slammed Texas Governor Greg Abbott, the Republican, for delays at the state's border with Mexico after he ordered state troopers to step up truck inspections. You know why he's doing that? Because the truck drivers are simply coming to the border filled with illegal, criminal, trespassing immigrants. White House Press Secretary, Little Red Circle Batgirl, soon-to-be MSNBC broadcaster Jen Pisaki, said the delays from the inspections are causing rising prices and significant disruptions to supply chains. Wait a minute, Little Red. I thought it was Vladimir Putin that was causing rising prices and significant disruptions to the supply chains. You guys are grasping at straws. And with the feeble fingers of Joe Biden doing the grasping, you got nothing. She said Governor Abbott's unnecessary and redundant inspections of trucks transiting ports of entry between Texas and Mexico are causing significant disruptions to the food and automobile supply chains, delaying manufacturing, impacting jobs, and raising prices for families in Texas and across the country. Little Red, you are a stupid, vapid little witch. State troopers are indeed inspecting commercial vehicles, which have already been searched, supposedly by federal officers, crossing into Texas. A directive Abbott implemented after gropey Joe Biden announced that Title 42 will be rescinded. Pisaki says the delays truckers are facing have exceeded five hours at some border crossings, and commercial traffic has dropped by 60% at the southern border. Of course, they ignore the millions of illegal immigrants and the millions and millions of items of contraband, illegal drugs, the human trafficking, the smuggling, and all the other stuff. The White House ignores that. They don't point out those facts. They don't point out those realities. Little Red said, The continuous flow of legitimate trade and travel and CBP's, Customs and Border Protection's, ability to do its job should not be obstructed. Governor Abbott's actions are impacting people's jobs and the livelihoods of hardworking American families. No, Little Red. Whereas sometimes things get missed, overlooked. The Texas state troopers are doing their jobs. They're making sure that no one has snuck in on the spare tire above an 18-wheel tractor trailer's rear trailer. They're doing thorough searches. They're finding drugs and contraband. They're finding illegal immigrants. They're finding trafficked human beings. On Tuesday, no commercial vehicles crossed the Far Reynosa International Bridge, the busiest bridge in the area, because truckers on the Mexico side are blocking traffic in protest according to the Texas Tribune. It's not the troopers that are delaying things. It's the truckers in Mexico blocking the bridge, Little Red. Title 42, which will officially end on May 23rd, was first imposed under the Donald Trump administration in the early days of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019 pandemic. And it allowed migrants to simply be expelled at the border 
and kept them out of the country while they tried to get asylum here. There's no asylum. These people are given cell phones and Nike tennis shoes at the border and new clothing and a free air-conditioned ride anywhere the hell they want to go under the Biden administration. Under the Trump administration, and I heard this today from former Vice President Mike Pence, based on fact, based on reality, based on actuality, the Trump administration had curbed illegal immigration by 90%. And now Joe Biden has simply opened the borders for illegal, criminal, trespassing offenders. Abbott's order cited cartels that smuggle illicit contraband and people across our southern border as his justification for these state trooper inspections. The delays at the border came as the first busload of migrants arrived in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday morning after Governor Abbott properly directed the Texas Division of Emergency Management to bring migrants in Texas directly to the nation's capital. The White House, which refuses to see the reality of this massive border crisis, is simply saying that Abbott's plan to send migrants to Washington is a publicity stunt. No, Joe Biden is a publicity stunt. And this is the Truth Hurts program. So which is it, Gropey Joe? Is it Governor Abbott's fault that inflation is in place? Or are you still trying to blame all this on Vladimir Putin? According to Business Insider, Kate Duffy writes, Biden says 70% of March's record inflation was driven by Putin's price hike in gasoline. Well, of course, that's a lie. We all know better. Number one, it's not Putin's price hike. It is Biden's price hikes. It is Biden's economy. It is Biden's inflation. It is Biden's disaster at the southern border. It is Biden's crime wave. It was Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan that cost 13 innocent service members their lives. It is Biden's massive influx of illegal criminal aliens and drugs at the southern border and terrorists as well. Gropey Joe Biden said 70% of price increases in March, which by the way was the fifth straight month for record-breaking inflation in our nation's history. And he claims it is because of a price hike in gasoline caused by Vladimir Putin. Any sane, civilized, educated, intelligent individual knows that that's bullshit. Official government documents from the U.S. Department of Labor said gasoline prices were up 18.3% in March after rising 6.6% in February. And former Vice President Mike Pence said today gasoline prices are up over 71% since Donald Trump was in office. Biden claims that sales of E15 ethanol blended gas will be 10% cheaper than other gas and will be allowed in the U.S., what they didn't say was there are only 2,300 stations in the entire country out of over 150,000 stations that sell E15 ethanol blended gas, which burns dirtier, gives you worse fuel economy, pollutes like crazy, and costs a lot more to produce because they're using more and more corn, which should be used for things, I don't know, like popcorn, cornflakes, cornmeal, corn chips, corn, corn on the cob. Gropey Joe Biden said the record inflation figures seen in March were largely due to a surge in the price of gasoline following Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. But he's wrong. He's wrong. Gasoline prices are up 71% since the day he put his feeble fingers on the Bible, looked at the camera, and lied to you and me, to the American public, and indeed to the world, claiming that he would protect and defend the United States, the Constitution of the United States. 
I, I just don't understand how anyone at this stage of the game, what are we now, 12, 13, 14, 15 months into the Biden presidency? Yeah, the end of January, so February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. 15 months. 15 months. Biden said, we saw in today's inflation data, 70% of the price increases in March came from Putin's price hike in gasoline. We need to address this challenge with an urgency that it demands. He's wrong. He is dead wrong. Gasoline prices have been on the rise since the day you took office, Joe Biden. They've gone up steadily since day one when you declared war on America's oil and gas industry and its coal industry. You spelled it out during the campaign. Then you put it into play, and now you're trying to blame Vladimir Putin? We buy less than 3% of our oil from that country. Quit lying to the American people because half of the American people are stupid enough to believe your lies. Russia is supposedly the world's third largest producer of crude oil and the world's second largest exporter, according to the International Energy Agency. The cost of crude surged after the Kremlin ordered its troops into the Ukraine, according to this article which translated into higher prices for petroleum products that are refined from it. On Iowa Tuesday, Biden, who thought he was in Ohio, said, Putin's invasion of Ukraine is drilling up gas price, food price all over the world. Wrong. No, not, not correct. Not correct. Then Biden says, You're not going to show up at your local gas station, see a bag over a pump that says it has the cheapest gas. You're going to be able to keep filling up with E15. But what Joe Biden doesn't know is there are only 2,300 stations in the entire United States of America that sell E15 fuel. The other 154,623 stations do not sell it because, number one, it's garbage. And number two, these gas stations can't afford, especially in today's economy, to add another pump or to change out a tank and get rid of mid-grade in favor of this garbage. Biden says families' abilities to fill up their tanks with gas should not hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide half a world away. ruh -roh. He called Russia's actions in the Ukrainian war as a genocide for the first time, rather than calling them war crimes. That's another international foobar on Mr. Biden's part. According to the American Automobile Association, AAA, the national average price for a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline stood still above $4 a gallon at 4.08 on Wednesday, and that compares with the $4.33 a month ago. But guess what? The same point last year, right after Biden took office and started raising prices on gasoline, it was 2.86, and just a few short months before that, while Donald Trump was in office, $1.83. So do you see, from $1.83 to $4.33 a gallon, what Joe Biden did to you? And now you wonder, why there are those stickers on all the gas pumps with Joe Biden's feeble finger pointing at the price saying, I did that. And this, my friends, is probably why the Democrats will not only face a shellacking in the midterms, but according to a memo in The Hill, Democrats face nightmare scenario, biblical disaster. Neil Stonage writes, Democrats are facing a nightmare scenario with six months to go before the midterm elections. Inflation, immigration, the war in Ukraine, the still lingering COVID-19 pandemic, amongst other disasters for Mr. Biden, make for a dreadful political atmosphere for the party of Joe Biden. The problems are compounded by Biden's weak approval numbers and the historical pattern by which a president's party typically loses seats during the first midterms of his tenure. 
Some Democrats believe a turnaround might be possible, or at least the losses could be kept modest. But others, the ones who are honest, those granted anonymity to speak candidly, are sounding a much louder alarm. One Democratic strategist who desires to not be named said, quote, I think this is going to be a biblical disaster. This is the reality we are in as Democrats, and no one wants to face it. Democrats know the bitter taste of bad midterm results. The party fared dismally during the first midterm elections of Cigar Bill Clinton and of Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama. In 94, when Clinton was in the White House, Democrats lost a net 54 seats. In 2010, under Obama, they lost 63 seats. An increasingly remapped Congress makes this kind of a wipeout a little more difficult to see because of all the gerrymandering and redrawing lines to ensure Democrat districts remain, minority districts remain. But around D.C., no one, virtually no one, expects Democrats to retain a House majority at all. One useful point of comparison would be way back to 1982. Inflation was rampant as it is now. Republicans lost a net 26 seats while Reagan was in the White House during his first term, trying to recover from the disastrous economy that he inherited from Jimmy Carter. The vulnerabilities for Gropey Joe's party are clear and specific. New data released Tuesday shows inflation at 8.5%, the highest figure since 1981, you know, Carter times, and five straight months of record inflation. Democrat West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin released a statement lamenting that inflation is, quote, out of control, unquote. He complained that both the Biden administration and the Federal Reserve had failed to act fast enough. On immigration, the Department of Homeland Security says it is preparing for an influx of as many as, you ready for this, 18,000 illegal, criminal, trespassing aliens per day. Per day! Starting in May. This astronomical number could be reached early in the summertime. That's the time the administration is scheduled to abandon the use of Title 42. The Trump-era measure had been used to deny entry during the pandemic to migrants for health reasons. Biden is now between a rock and a hard place on Title 42. The vast majority of Americans do not want the illegal immigration to continue, certainly not to increase. It's widely seen on the left as an anti-immigrant measure masquerading as a public health policy, but its proposed removal is drawing opposition from several Democratic senators in key competitive races this fall, including Mark Kelly of Arizona, you know, the astronaut who only got elected because someone shot his wife in the face, and Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, not to mention Joe Manchin. Their resistance is testament to the political potency of immigration. And you might recall that Joe Biden was bashing Donald Trump, saying that no president should remain in office if... 220,000 Americans died of COVID. And yet now the number is vastly approaching 1 million total deaths. When it hits 1,020,000, Gropy Joe Biden will have been responsible for 800,000 COVID deaths on his watch. I mean, let's face it, they tried to blame 220,000 COVID deaths on Donald Trump, even though now the figures were revised to say it was more like 60,000 because People who died in car crashes, building fires, motorcycle wrecks, cancer, heart attacks. If they had one widow COVID in their system, they were considered a COVID death. Under Biden, they relaxed those rules. And they said only if you died 
of COVID or from COVID, not with COVID, you would be counted. If they were using the same standards today to count COVID deaths that they were using when Donald Trump was president, Joe Biden would have been responsible for well over one million COVID deaths since taking office. Democrats who don't see the party facing an outright doomsday scenario do acknowledge that there is a confluence of factors here creating severe headwinds. One Democrat strategist, Joel Payne, says, we're in a very chaotic moment right now. There's COVID. Afghanistan was just last year. Now there's a war in Ukraine. The economy is up or down, depending on who you are. There's this general instability that sunk Donald Trump a mere 18 to 20 months ago, and it is now Joe Biden's problem, Joe Biden's challenge, unquote. In addition to all these factors, an internal debate is going on within Democratic ranks about whether the party's messaging has gone awry or whether the key problem is one of substance rather than simply spin. Biden tries to emphasize what he calls positive elements of the economy, things he calls record job growth, but it's not job growth. It's just struggling to recover a small portion of the massive job losses caused by the Democrats and their draconian shutdown of an entire economy because of a little flu bug. Supposedly, 8 million jobs have been created during Joe Biden's time in office, but that's not true. 8 million jobs have been recovered out of the tens of millions of jobs that were lost due to those Democrat lockdowns. That's the reality. But the leftist mainstream liberal woke progressive media refuses to speak the truth. They just paint it, whitewash the bad, and try to make people who are ignorant believe that Joe Biden is doing a decent job. Biden has weakened the United States of America's military and its ability to protect the United States by releasing a million barrels of strategic petroleum reserve oil per day and continues to do so. His approval rating is hovering right around 39 to 41%, depending on which polling organization you follow. Democrats complain that the party's message has lacked clarity. That's because Joe Biden's mind lacks clarity. The bad news is seeping through no matter how much they try to filter it. There is no good news. The Democrats keep trying to tell us there's good news, but we have yet to find any. Right now, the picture is grim and getting dimmer for the Democrats, and I can't wait for the midterm shellacking that's headed their way. That's all the time I have for this afternoon's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you next time.